0: بسم الله الصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلا هادئ له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله اللَّهُمَّ عَلِّمْنَا مَا يَنْفَعُنَا وَانْفَعْنَا بِمَا عَلَّمْتَنَا وَزِدْنَا عِلْمًا يَا كَرِيمٌ بَاب مَا جَاءَ فِي الْرِيَاءُ What has been mentioned regarding الْرِيَاءُ What has been mentioned regarding showing off. مَا جَاءَ What has been mentioned in the Qur'an and Sunnah because these are the evidences which the Sheikh Rahimahullah uses. مَا جَاءَ فِي الْرِيَاءُ الْرِيَاءُ is to show off. The good deeds which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. You don't do them for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You do them seeking the admiration and seeking the pleasure of the people. For This is a This is showing off. For it is done with the intention of pleasing people rather than pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the relevance of the chapter to the book. Since showing off in acts of worship, committing riya in acts of worship or showing off in acts of worship that it is a form of minor shirk and it violates the obligatory tawheed, any form of shirk whether it is major or minor, it violates tawheed, it goes against tawheed. There's a deficiency or there's a departure from Tawheed. In this case there's a there's a deficiency in Tawheed. For when this was the case with Al-Riyah, for the author he subhanallah he includes this chapter to admonish and to warn the Muslimin from falling into this sin. Yani essentially he's saying, Be careful, Riyah is a form of minor shirk. Be careful in your ibadat that you do not commit minor shirk. This is essentially what the purpose of the chapter is. And then Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin, he mentioned faida azima he mentioned faida azima a great faidah, a great point of benefit he said subhanallah the author did not mention the ruling of riya in the chapter title he didn't say that the riya is forbidden and riya is minor shirk he didn't say mathalan min ash-shirk riya ma jaa fi and he didn't give a ruling why did he do this he said so that people return back to themselves and they judge themselves. Because only the person can judge themselves regarding a riya. They look within their hearts and they're the only ones that can judge themselves. So this is a call for them to go back to themselves and judge themselves. Because subhanAllah if someone is committing riya, I can't judge someone and say be careful you are committing riya. Because only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's in the hearts. As Muslims we only judge by what a person does outwardly and what is inward in their heart, this is left to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For this is why he didn't include the ruling of ar-riya in the chapter title. So that every individual returns back to themselves and they judge themselves accordingly. So like we mentioned, a riya is considered as minor shirk because other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was intended in the act of worship. Essentially, you are looking to please other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You've set up a rival to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this act of worship. And as a shaykh rahimahullah, he said, shaykh ibn Uthaymin, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him. He said, like all acts of minor shirk, if a person continues with it and is consistent upon it, then it could eventually lead to major shirk. And when we're talking about riya, which is major shirk it is the riya of the munafiqin the riya the showing off of the munafiqin as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wa itha qamu ila as-salati qamu kusala yurauna an-nas wa la yadhkuruna illa qalila so when they stand up for the salah, they stand up lazily they are lazy to stand up for the Salah. And the only reason why they stand up for the Salah, an nas, So that people can see them praying. And they do not mention Allah except very little in their Salah. And then the Shaykh rahimahullah, he says, What is the ruling of an act of worship which has elements of showing off in it? And the Shaykh, he divided it into three categories or three situations or three scenarios. He says, the first scenario is if the ibadah or the act of worship, it started off purely for... The sake of showing off, it started off, it was established upon, showing off. It wasn't done except to please the people. This was the only reason it was done. For in this case, this ibadah is batila, is null and void and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept it. And then the second scenario is that the act of worship started off sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then partway through the act of worship, thoughts of a entered into the mind of the person. So if they fight off these thoughts and they repel them and they continue with ikhlas in their act of worship, then there is no harm in their ibadah. InshaAllah Allah wa ta'ala will accept their ibadah. But if they continue with these thoughts and they are happy with them, then the whole ibadah is nullified. Yani they start off with ikhlas and then they finish off with ar Then the whole ibadah, regardless if it started with ikhlas, then the whole ibadah is null and void. This is generally speaking. The Shaykh went into a bit more detail. He said, مثلا, This is the case of the ibadah which cannot be divided. For a person prayed three rak'at with ikhlas. For Dhuhr Salah, prayed three rak'at with ikhlas. And one rak'at, the last one was to show off. So the ruling is what? All of it is showing off because the salah, you cannot divide it. But as he said, if a person he had $100 which he intended to give in sadaqah and he gave $50 for the sake of Allah, but the other 50 was was to show off, then inshallah the $50 will be accepted which was for Allah, but the $50 which had elements of riya in it, then it will be rejected because the sadaqa can be divided. And in the third category or the third scenario, that the act of worship was completed for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of it from beginning to end and only after the ibadah was completed did thoughts of riya or thoughts of showing off enter into the minds of the person. But these are from the shaitan and as a Shaykh bin Uthaymin, he said, InshaAllah there is no harm on the person and their ibadah will still be valid inshaAllah. وقول الله تعالى قل إنما أنا بشر مثلكم يوحى إلي أنما إلهكم إله واحد فمن كان يرجو لقاء ربه فليعمل عملا صالحا ولا يشرك بعبادة ربه أحدا. then Allah ta'ala, he said Say, O Muhammad, I am only a human like you to whom has been revealed that your ilah deity is only one Ilah. so whoever hopes for the meeting with his lord let him work righteousness and associate none as partners in the worship of his Lord in Surat Al Kahf, ayah number 110, the last ayah of Surat Al Kahf. For Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He says, "Qul Inna ma Ana Basharun Mithlukum." Qul to the Prophet Sallallahu wa sallam he's saying, "Say, Inna ma Ana Basharun I am a human being like you. I eat and I sleep and I drink. I suffer from the same things that a human being suffers." But I have absolutely no share in divinity and in lordship. In rububiyya and in Uluhiya. قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا مثلكم. That means I have no share in, in the rububiyya of Allah and I have no share in the Uluhiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he emphasized this, مثلكم, like you. We can relate to this. We are not had to be worshipped beside Allah. This is the difference between me and you. That I receive wahi from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the most important thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in his wahi? قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ يُوحَى أَنَّمَا إلهكم إله وَاحِدٌ This is the fundamental message of the revelation which came down to the Prophet wasallam. أَنَّمَا إِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ Your ilah, your deity is one deity. يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the only one deserving of worship is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what an ilah is. An ilah is a deity. أَنَّمَا إِلَاهُكُ إله Whoever hopes for the meeting with his Lord, يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ يعني they anticipate that they will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they fear that they will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a bad way. So they do good deeds in order that they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a positive way and that they will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His true form in Jannah as a result of their good deeds. يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ Always in the back of their mind is that they will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If this is always in the back of your mind, what do you do? You fear Allah. You fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the sins that you are committing. And you strive to do good deeds. This is why he says after this, ربه, What should they do? عَمَلًا صَالِحًا If you want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a good way, what should you do? عَمَلًا صَالِحًا They should do righteous deeds. What Salih? What two conditions define what al-amal as-salih is? That it is done sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is done according to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Al-ikhlas wa sawab That it is done for the sake of Allah and it is done according to the sunnah. We always give the example, a person prays according to the way the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa prayed. He prays with the arkan and the wajibat, the pillars and the obligatory acts of salah and he includes the sunan, the recommended acts of salah. But what he intends with his salah is not for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Will their salah be accepted? Their salah will not be accepted. And even if they didn't pray like the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa used to pray... But they say this salah is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they are sincere in that regard. Will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept that salah from them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept it. I, it has to combine those two elements. It has to combine ikhlas and it has to combine compliance to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wa sallam. This is what al-amal salih is. Al-yamal amalan salihan wa la yushrik rabbihi and associate none as a partner in the worship of his lord and you know, by keeping away from all forms of shirk whether it is minor shirk in this case riyah, or whether it is major shirk in your acts of worship do not commit shirk in them whether it is major shirk or whether it is minor shirk for in this chapter we are talking about riyah, For it includes riyah. this ayah is general and includes riyah, which is a form of minor shirk and then the general meaning of the ayah. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the Prophet sallallahu to inform the people that he is an ordinary man like them who does not possess any attributes of lordship or worship. Rather, the mission of the Prophet is to inform people of what Allah revealed to him. The most significant of what was revealed to him is that Allah is the only one deserving of all worship and that it is prohibited to associate anyone with him in worship. People will inevitably return to Allah on the day of resurrection. Therefore, whoever wishes to be saved on that day must perform good deeds which are sincerely devoted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and are in accordance to the sharia for the relevance of the ayah to the chapter what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say what's the shahid the relevant part of this ayah to the chapter for the first one is an order and the second one is a prohibition what's the first order يعمل, let them do If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders you to do something, then it is obligatory. And if you do not do it, you are sinning. What does He order you to do? To do righteous, amal salih. And we said al-amal al salih is sincerely for Allah and in compliance to the shari'a, to the sunnah of the Prophet Then the nahi, the prohibition is And that they should not associate partners with Allah when they are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They should not devote their acts of worship to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For this is how the ayah is relevant to the chapter. عملا عملا that Abu Huraira radiyallahu he narrated in a marfu' hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I am most independent and free from needing associates. Whoever performs a deed while associating partners with me, I will leave him along with his shirk. Rawahu muslim. Abu Huraira narrated the following Marfu' hadith. We said that when he says Marfu', what does this mean? That means the hadith goes up to the Prophet. ﷺ. And essentially, the Prophet ﷺ said this. This is what Marfu' means. For this is a hadith Qudsi. Allah said, what did Allah say in this hadith Qudsi? I am most independent and free from needing associates. Whoever performs a deed while associating partners with me, I will leave him along with his shirk. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, I am most independent and free from needing associates. For Allah Subhanahu wa Taala does not need anyone, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala does not need anything. Subhanahu wa Taala, He is al Ghani. He is al Ghani from His names. He is al Ghani. Everything needs Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala needs no one, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala needs nothing. Allah is the Creator, and everything else is the creation of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. He is self-sufficient. Subhanahu wa Taala. For theعباد of The servants, the worship of the servants doesn't increase Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in anything. It increases Allah in nothing, the worship of the abd. But we are in need of this worship. And the disobedience of the servant... It does not detract from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ghani. He has ordered that you worship him and he has forbidden that you disobey him. And there are people who will obey him and there are people which will disobey him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will deal with each one accordingly. For when he says aghna for a shariq is a partner essentially when he says, I am the most yani, free and independent partner, it's not saying that Allah has a partner. But what it is saying is that the other partners or the other things which are associated with Allah in worship, مثلا the other false deities and the other idols and the other things which I worship besides Allah, they may accept a partner with them because they are false deities. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the true deity. This is why he does not accept any partners with him in worship. أنا أغنى الشركة عن الشرك Whoever does an act of worship أشرك فيه معي غيري. Well, associating partners with me yani they intended to please other than Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la with this act of worship whatever the act of worship may be مثلا, they made dua to other than Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la. their salah was for other than Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la. in this act of worship they set up rivals and partners with me what will Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la do Tarak'tuhu wa shirkuhu. I leave him and his shirk essentially what Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la is saying I reject what they are doing I do not accept what they are doing I categorically reject what they are doing because these deeds are not sincerely done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never accept them. Taraktuhu wa shirku. I leave him and his shirk. As we said before, if the shirk was minor, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will leave that amal, that deed that he did exclusively. But if it was major shirk that they did, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will leave every single deed that they did. And they will be outside the fold of Islam. Taraktuhu wa shirku. This is the type of threat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves and someone whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abandons For the one whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves, even for the blink of an eye, they are destroyed. Even for the blink of an eye, wallahi, you have no tawfiq to do anything. Taraktuhu wa shirku. I will leave him and his shirk. This is subhanAllah a great threat, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reject your amal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept your amal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will throw it back in your face, it will be worthless, it will be null and void. And you will come Yom Al-Qiyamah, having associated partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether it is minor shirk or major shirk. And then the general meaning of the hadith. This is a hadith Qudsi, as the Prophet conveys the words of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala the Almighty. The Prophet narrates that Allah rejects any deeds intended for others besides him through showing off or the like. Indeed Allah accepts only the deeds which are devoted to him alone Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And then the relevance of the hadith to the chapter. For the hadith is clear. It shows the ruling of a shirk that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reject it. And included in this shirk is a shirk al-asgar. And included in this shirk al-asgar is showing off. It's showing off because you intend other than Allah. You're looking to please other people in your acts of worship. You're seeking the admiration of others in your act of worship. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taraktuhu wa I will leave him and his shirk. I have nothing to do with it essentially. There will be no reward for this act of worship. Because it was done for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وأن ابي سعيد مرفوعا ألا أخبركم بما هو أخوف عليكم عندي من المسيح الدجال قالوا بلى فَقَالَ الْشِرْكُ الْخَفِيِّ يَقُومُ الرَّجُلُ يُصَلِّي فَيُزَيِّنُ صَلَاتَهُ لِمَا يَرَى مِنْ نَظَرِ رَجُلٍ رَوَاهُ أَحْمَدْ That Abu Sa'id al-Khudrir radiyallahu anhu he narrated in a marfu hadith Shall I not tell you what I fear for you more than the false messiah? They replied indeed a messenger of Allah he said inconspicuous shirk when a man stands in prayer and on seeing someone looking at him beautifies his prayer And then the takhrij of this hadith for this hadith is narrated by Ahmed and the ruling of the hadith, this hadith is da'if. But what is important to know is that it has a shahid. A shahid is a supporting hadith which strengthens it. And this is the hadith of Mahmoud ibn Labid. That the Prophet ﷺ, he said, أَخْوَفُ مَا أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمَ الشِّرْكَ الْأَصْغَرِ The thing which I fear for you the most is الشِّرْكَ الْأَصْغَرِ Is the lesser shirk. He specifically called it in that hadith, شِرْكَ أَصْغَرِ We know that it is shirk أَصْغَرِ because the Prophet ﷺ specifically told us that it is shirk أَصْغَرِ فَسُئِلَ عَنْهَا He was asked, What is this الشِرْكَ الْأَصْغَرِ قَالَ الْرِيَاءَ He said, it is a Riyah. This is what a Shirk al azar is. And he's giving an example of what a Shirk al azar is. It is a Riyah. It is to show off. For that hadith also in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. It's Sahih. And it supports this hadith. For the Prophet he said, He asked them a question. And this question, it draws their attention. And this was in regards to a discussion that they were having for they were discussing al-Masih al-Dajjal and based on what the Prophet sallallahu had told them and how it is one of the greatest fitan to ever occur since the time of Adam alayhi salam and that every messenger he warned against the Masih al-Dajjal for this is where the Prophet ﷺ, he entered the discussion and he said shall I not tell you about something Huwa alaykum indi that I fear for you more than the Masih al-Dajjal I fear it more than the Masih al-Dajjal and subhanAllah the reason why the Prophet وسلم, he was more fearful of the inconspicuous Shirk than the al Dajjal, as a Shaykh ibn Uthaymin he said, Because a Shirk al-Khafi is hidden and it is subtle and it is inconspicuous and it is very hard to get rid of sometimes. But this is why the Prophet وسلم, feed it most on his ummah. Whereas the fitna of the Dajjal is apparent and everyone can see it and everyone will be affected by it. But sometimes a riyak enters into your ibadah and you don't even know about it. Shall I not tell you what I fear for you more than Ad Dajjal or the false Messiah? They replied, Bala Ya Rasulullah. They said, Yes, O Messenger of Allah. Qala khafi, the hidden shirk, the inconspicuous shirk. And in the narration of Mahmoud ibn Labid, he called that shirkul azghar. This is how we know that it is a shirk al-azgar. For it is inconspicuous and it is hidden. Because the one who shows off, then their outward action appears that they are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you were to look at them, it looks like they are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what is hidden? The shirk is hidden. The fact that they are looking to please other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their outward act of worship, which looks like it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For it is hidden. No one knows about it except Allah and this person. This is why it is called a shirk al-khafi or the hidden and inconspicuous shirk. And then the Prophet he gave an example. He said, That a man stands up to pray. And they beautify their Salah. If they weren't performing the Sunan of the Salah, then they start including the Sunan of their Salah. And they start lengthening their Salah. And they put on a show of humility and tranquility and Tuma'nina in their Salah. Or because they know someone is looking at them. For they do this so that people admire them and speak well of them. And say, MashaAllah, look at this person, how he prays. For this is what they seek from the people. And then the general meaning of the Hadith. While the Sahaba were discussing the fitna of the Dajjal and expressing their fears of that event, the Prophet joined them in their discussion. The Prophet informed them that there was a matter he feared for them more than the Dajjal, namely intending other than Allah in acts of worship which is invisible to people. The Prophet explained that this type of shirk can be represented in a person beautifying their prayer with the intention of attracting people's admiration. The prayer which is supposedly intended for the sake of Allah is instead performed seeking the admiration of others and then the relevance of the hadith to the chapter For the Prophet sallallahu what did he say the thing I fear most for you yani the thing which the Prophet وسلم, fears is a prohibited act if the Prophet وسلم, fears this that means if you were to implement this thing then you will be disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For when the Prophet fears something, that means it's something we should avoid. It is something that we should avoid, and in this case, it is a shirk al azghar, a shirk al khafi. Showing off in your acts of worship. For the Prophet specifically said that it is a shirk al khafi and that he fears it for us. That means we should avoid it. The important issues of the chapter 1. Explanation of the verse in Surah Al Kahf, and we've explained this inshallah, we don't need to go over it again. 2. The great issue that a good deed is rejected by Allah if it was joined with other than Him in any way. And this is as per the hadith of Abu Hurairah. For it is a great issue because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He clearly declared, Tarak'tuhu wa shirkuhu. I leave him and his shirk. This is why it is a great matter. Three, Allah's absolute self-sufficiency, His ghina, is the reason of the rejection of the good deed if it is not done purely for Him. Again, this is as per the hadith of Abu Huraira because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far and removed from having any associates. For He is al Ghani. This is why he does not accept acts of worship which are done for other than him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. For another reason is that he is the best when it comes to those who are given a share in worship, i.e. the false deities of the disbelievers. For another reason is that he is the best. We didn't say better. Because when you say better in English language, what does it mean? You can compare them. Because when you say best, we're not comparing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with anyone. This is again as per the hadith of Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Ana yani The false deities who are given shares in worship may accept that others be worshipped besides them but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never accept that. 5. The fear the Prophet ﷺ had of al for his companions. And this is as per the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri. For he feared more than he feared al-Masih al-Dajjal. And he feared for his Sahaba. And as the Sheikh ibn he said, For if he feared upon his Sahaba, then those after them are more in need of being feared for them. Because the Sahaba were the best of generations. Yet the Prophet feared for them as Shirk al-Khafi. For those who come after the Sahaba, then they are more in need of this fear. Six, he explained riyah by expressing the state of a person performing prayer for Allah but he improves his rendering of the Salah when he knows that others are looking at him. And again, this is as per the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri. As we said, this is an example of a riyah, and it is the example of the one who beautifies their Salah for they are performing their Salah to please the other people rather than pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this is why it is a riyah. Subhanakallahumma wa hamdika, ashadu ilaha illa an, astaghfiruka atu walaik, wa khair.